Welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. This week, I'm joined by David Baitow. Baitow, did I get it? Baitow, yeah. Baitow and Michael Rickard. So we've got the head of engineering and a senior engineering manager, I believe. Um, you were all another So Rare podcast last week. I unfortunately didn't listen, so you might get peppered with a lot of the same questions. But I suppose first off, maybe David, as the head of engineering, do you want to introduce yourself and just let people know what you do at So Rare? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us on, by the way. Really excited. Um, so so I'm head of engineering. I wear a few hats around here. Um, I am also responsible for our, for our MLB product right now and our NBA product from a, a general you know, product perspective, right? Um, and I've been at SoRare now for a little over a year. Uh, I moved out to Paris uh, to join this company. And uh, right now I'm physically in New York. Uh, but I spend most of my time uh, in Paris. Um, and so, um, you know, and Michael's here, here is on my team uh, who I pulled from a, uh, who came in from another company that we worked together on. Um, you stole him. Yes, I stole him, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he stole me and more yeah. just, he was yeah. sending all these interesting Instagram pictures of Paris. Yeah. I was like, hey, that looks kind of cool. What are you up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't really have to, I didn't, yeah, exactly. He, 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 uh, he uh, he knew we were up to something interesting. And yeah, uh, that, sorry, go for it, Michael. Sure, yeah, and just like David said, so I uh, I'm Michael. I'm a senior engineering manager here at Sorare. Uh, I started early April, so just coming up on seven months, I guess, which actually feels like a long time in startup land. Things move fast, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to get done. Uh, I basically oversee all of the developers who are working on U.S. sports in some capacity. So whether that's and an NBA or MLB across all the disciplines, front end, back end, mobile, et cetera. Uh, and then prior to joining Sorare, I, I worked at a, a large hedge fund called Bridgewater for about eight years. Uh, and that's where I crossed paths with David. And then, like I said, saw some interesting photos of Paris, saw that he was working at some some interesting company and, and basically reached out and, and tried to learn more. And, and here I am. Unreal. Have you, have you learned any French yet, either of you? <laughs> Um, tipa. <laughs> that's, that's his problem like he actually knows it but then he's, he's not confident enough with it yeah. so it yeah. comes yeah. off doesn't know. <laughs> and luckily everybody in the office uh you know we, we are an english a written english company uh we speak most mostly english uh when i join a meeting sometimes uh that uh, it's only french folks uh they're speaking french and they immediately have to switch to english uh, yeah. but it's been been, been good yeah, we're we're an absolute. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same in America. I suppose in America you have a lot more diversity, where you'll have a lot of people who speak Spanish, a lot of people who speak all sorts of languages. Ireland, UK, we're just brutal compared to like our, our European mainland people. They speak two, three languages regularly more. We're just terrible. I think when we go to school here, like French is the class that you like throw paper at your mate and like say you go to the toilet four times. As engineers, we have an advantage because all the code is written in English, and so I, oh. you know, I just know how to read it for free, basically. So, like, I suppose code is code like is code's international language just English? That's just it. Basically, I yeah. would say yes. I've come across uh, you know other languages sometimes, but mostly you 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 find English by and large. So I'm going to talk to you like I'm a three year old because I may as well be when it comes to like engineering coding all of that and i'd say a lot of the listeners are well there probably is a percentage of the listeners who are like die hard into this stuff and they'll be like give us in-depth stuff i want to kind of make it layman friendly so what does a 
an engineering manager, an engineer at SoRare typically do? Are you writing code for websites, for reward distributions, for competitions? Like, what do you actually do? Yeah, I mean, actually, I'll just let you, Michael, can can start, and I'll. Now uh, he has to bluff what he does in a day to day. Well, David, I do all this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll, tr I'll try to keep it layman and, and just to sort of jump in if it's if it's confusing or too complicated. But I mean, at a very high level, the the thing there's all sorts of hats that you have to wear as an engineer here at Sorare. And I think the same is true for most startups where instead of these big companies where you're kind of siloed into this very specific role and all you do is write code here, you have to think a little bit about the product, think a little bit about the user journey. And then when it actually comes down to it, you are sitting down to write code and build things uh, in our applications. And then as an engineer, you might wear, you know, do one of a few different disciplines. You might be a backend engineer who's working on kind of the application logic, how do rewards work, um, how does scoring of the competitions work, so on and so forth. You might be a front-end engineer who's more concerned with, you know, what is the literal user experience when they sit down at the browser. Mobile engineer, kind of the same thing, but in the context of a mobile application. And so I guess the two things to highlight are, um, there's not that many people here who are just writing code and that's all they're doing and they're kind of putting blinders on. Everybody has to be a bit broader than that and put their product yeah. on as well. And yeah. then it's one of those disciplines more or less. To, yeah, to add to that, just underscore that a little bit. I think that writing the code and, and doing that thing is kind of the easy part. Um, the hard part is understanding what problems to solve and how to, what value to deliver to our users and our customers. And that means you have to know the product, you have to listen to the community, you have to really understand, uh, you know, what it is that is going to make SoRare just a better experience for everybody. And I think that it's, so engineers must also be product people as well. Right. Um, because yeah, I mean, it, you have to be able to experience it. I mean, for example, you know, when we were testing MLB, we took a bunch of people to one of the games, uh, while we were still testing before it came out and we all had our lineup set and to sit there in the stands and, you know, have the game and have our lineups and have, well, I'm watching my pitcher, you know, out there, you know, and just having that whole experience yeah. really helps you empathize with, mm -hmm. you know, the customer and the user. And so that's very important um, for, for everybody here at So Rare. Because I, th I think that's like a, I don't know what, it's, it's a thing that commonly comes up. And probably something I was going to ask you, it's like, how do you understand what a user faces when you're not allowed to technically really use the platform? And there is a difference between using it passively to test something with commons or with fake cards or whatever. And like, if there isn't actually something riding on it, it's very different. If you're chasing down a podium, that's a different feeling. If you have a large gallery and you're setting multiple lineups that there's a lot at stake, that's a different feeling. If your player gets a red card, if he gets injured for six months, if he does his ACL, and it's hard maybe to understand that truly, um, and even just to have the passion. I've I've been part of like beta testing things before, and I'm not saying that's necessarily exactly what you're doing, but it's hard to like test these things to the level that a user who uses this platform two three four hours a day would um and that would never be expected from you really but i think it's it's interesting to hear you have some level of access because i always think there's like so rare problems and problems so rare need to solve and then i don't know what that's for be that for investors be that for the future of the platform future ideas but then there's also just like users problems and things we see and we mightn't see the whole back end and all the ins and outs and intricacies and caveats and reasons why things are they are but it's it's 
having someone that can see both sides is really important. And I suppose you all have the luxury of being able to see the so rare side, being able to see the user side is probably a bit harder. Yeah, I can comment on that. I'll say a few things, which is you're absolutely correct. First of all, when you're playing with commons, you know, versus something where you have maybe a little bit more skin in the game, it changes everything, right? Um, you know, when you're, if you're playing poker with somebody, when there's real money at stake or whatever is at stake, um, you know, that, that that's where the game starts, right? Mm. And so, you know, I think in order to bridge, that's a gap we have right now, partially because we do internally have a code of conduct with, you know, employees, investors, and so on, where we don't want there to even be a perception that there might be, you know, some uh, insider, you know, like where where you can play a different game than the community or whatever. We, we Which want- one of you is relegation lover? That's what I really want to know, David. Johnny, good. Trying to get you in trouble. I'm sorry yeah. I interrupted with yeah. a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay. It's okay. No problem. Uh, yeah. No. You know. And so. So. Like this. This is. This is a challenge, right? Like yeah. I think that um, we have to. This is where we rely on the community, and we can do things that kind of get there, like you know, research and and um, uh, you know, again, talking to people like you, going on things like this. But also, the other thing is. I think uh, for us, and and I'll just be honest, like when we read feedback, you know, a lot of times it's like, damn, that sucks. Like we want to fix it, right? And Mm. and often we can, but then it comes down to prioritization, right? Like what is actually important? What can we get to? You know, there's a million things we can do and a million things that, you know, we can can complain are good, bad, or or whatever. Um, It's just like, what are the main things that are going to add value um, and, and, you know, we have a variety of tools to get there, but just coming back to it, you're absolutely correct that, um, you know, uh, th- there is a gap there and we, we always try to get closer and closer, uh, to understand. And I, what I really liked recently was a few of the appointments at so rare of like ex managers and people that have sold up their gallery and come in like Zoro, I think did it and maybe someone else, uh, a couple of others, I you know, Paul who I met used to play so rare and there's probably a few about, yeah. um, in terms of that prior prioritization, I don't know if you can share any of this, but in your heads, like what what is top of the list at the minute? If there was a top three, top five, like in terms of issues that need fixed, and maybe some of the real answers are really boring stuff that no one will understand. That's back end per se, but like, is there anything you can share that's kind of like up there? Ultimately, it comes again. It comes back to user value, customer value, right? We want to to do things that, that create value for for the for the user base because that's what will grow it too, right? Every everybody wins in that sort of situation. I think that um, from a priority perspective, uh, you know, the, the the main thing is making the product easier to use, right? Like more understandable, more engaging more fun, right? I think that is, and not, I don't mean to be generic, I I can get on specific things too, but you know, you're going to see some things very, very soon actually, especially on So5, um, that we are trying and that will be really interesting. Um, Things that we think, you know, we know the the community has been asking for. Obviously we're always doing things like trying to improve rewards and, and so on and so forth. But I think that there are some really interesting, um, you know, actually, I would say big features uh, to hopefully make the game more social uh, and therefore more fun uh, to play with, you know, to, to both play and to play with other people as well. Um, so that's, you know, that's coming very soon in in, in this in the so five space. Um, and of course, on the NBA side, same thing. The game has to be fun, has to be engaging, something to do every day. 
um, you know, whether it's like, you know, I, I, something as much as like trading your common cards, like why, why can't you do that? Right. Like it's make bringing utility to it. And so I, you know, these are just some of the things that, um, you know, that, that kind of move the product forward and make it more engaging and just make it more fun. I think that's, that's the key thing here. It's fixing the, the issues that come up that are, you know, just problematic, right. Like that, that get, you know, identified by the community or whatever. And then there's just moving it, the product forward to be more fun, more interesting. Um, and those are, those are really our top priorities. It's, 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 you know, spread sober is such a great game. It's, we, I mean, it can be so, it can be even greater and we want to spread that out. Right. Yeah. And just to kind of underscore part of what David said, I think, especially in U.S. sports, the strategy till this point is we just need to get a product out there, get it in the hands of our users, get them playing, get them engaging with these new sports, et cetera. Like that was kind of the first goal of the team. And now, as David's saying, it's really the, how do we quickly iterate on whether it's user feedback, whether it's our own internal ideas, but how do we quickly roll out new features, new exciting experiences, and then just listen to the community. Some stuff is gonna be a hit, great, we'll keep it. Other stuff won't be a hit, okay, cool, let's take it back out. But I think that's kind of the shift in, in how the development team is gonna be operating going forward is more this very agile, let's release a bunch of small things, see if that's helping, if not, yeah, I mean, you know, on the you know, on the reward side, for example, not to deep dive too much into it, but you know, looking at being more flexible with tiering, um, you know, uh, things like um, you know, you know, doing unique drop schedules, stuff like that, um, or unique drop schedules, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just, 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 just. Again, always we always have that thread that we're improving because obviously it is very important. I was going to have two things Two things noted. One was the first thing you said that really excited me is the social aspect. Because I think when I talk to like wheels on this podcast occasionally, like the top sort of 5, 10, 15 managers in the platform, something that I'm always a little bit envious of them uh, about, aside from their bank account, is the, <laughs> the social aspect within the game for them. Because they're on the leaderboards fighting awesome. the same people every week. And they oh, know yeah. who they're battling against. And they might message, like YNWA might message nanzo and be like ah you got me this week or whatever but yeah. whenever you're in the super rare maybe you get a bit of that whenever you're rare limited there's just so many people on these leaderboards that actually it is almost like a me versus the game while it is a me versus everyone a me versus player it feels like me versus the game because it's about me trying to get as high on that leaderboard as possible and i don't really look at what my friends are doing it's not like ah quinny i got you this week in rare pro whereas as you say if the social element is there you know we've seen it on the platform you can follow people um which is a nice thing but it really you can't, you can't do anything with it yet but i know it leaves the door open in the future but being able to follow specific leaderboards or set sort of custom competitions or whatever that happens to be i think that could be really fun and, and me, actually lead to way more engagement and community building let me tell you this um exactly what you said right like when you're in the unique competitions there's not many of you right Good. playing and that makes it a more of a, a group really is, is really what it is. When we play internally with our staging environment, basically when we're testing the product, it's just us, the employees. So again, it's a group, right? We are, we can compete. We know who's on the leaderboard. We, we yeah. see each other. Bit of trash that, talk, et cetera. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what we are stepping into very, very shortly. And so obviously just like anything, when we release these new features or products, they're pretty 
I don't want to say basic, but they work. It's a, it's a minimum viable product, right? What we call an MVP. So it should work and it'll try and bring an, you know, in this case, an experience like that. And then we will evolve it. Right. Mm. And so I'm ex really excited to hear you say that because I think we'll, you know, we're, we're going to have some things very, very soon. Yes. I don't know. Like, I mean, and then this is something I remember from, it could be two years ago now, could be a year and a half. And again, maybe it's just technically really really hard to do maybe the logistics of it maybe no one listening maybe everyone's going john you're crazy this is stupid shut up but like what i thought was interesting before was the idea of like remember nicholas made a tweet about it maybe it could have been 18 months ago he referenced like clans to an extent where it was almost like imagine you could pick three or four of your buddies and you all chuck one card into the lineup or like you know you, you team up in threes and fives and you all chuck one card in each and then you're all cheering for each other's players on a week and you're on mm. that could be its own competition and with maybe i don't know maybe cash or multiple nfts for each person i don't know how that would work but anyway very excited to see what comes the second thing you know, let me just add one thing, if I can. Just sorry, this please. is something I, it's something I always try to say, which is like, so what you're alluding to is interesting, right? Like we talk about these things all the time. It, you know, we can do, and you mentioned like you don't know if it's hard technically or whatever. We can do anything, I think, right? Like within reason, mm -hmm. like we can build anything. It's 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 just it's just we can't build everything, right? And so it's it's always it's making those trade offs and figuring it out. Um, and so that's basically what we're doing you know, week over week. So yeah, prioritization, MVP, and then iterate, I suppose. Definitely. The, um, you mentioned Michael about the auction time, I think, or was it no, maybe it was you David about the unique sort of drops and whatever else. Yes. I've, I've seen a little bit of friction recently about like, you know, maybe there'll be 24 uniques over two or three days here. And then there might be a day where there's one unique and then this and that auction scheduling itself has long been a thing. It's a question I get all the time because I onboard a lot of new people and they always say, when's this guy an auction or when can I expect these cards? And often like these auction schedules can impact the market quite significantly because, you know, a lot of new supply is coming, supply demand. Uh, I yep. don't need to explain it to anyone listening. Is, is, I don't know if it's an engineer problem necessarily, but you see the timing of those auctions. Like how is that decided? Is that someone's role? How... Why is it sometimes there's no uniques? Why is it sometimes there's loads of uniques? Why is it that we... T I know I know why we tend to see uniques when the players on form because we'll get more money for them or so rare will. But I don't know. It's just the, the auction timing seems to be something I'm seeing a bit of friction about recently. Yeah, there's some things I can say and, you know, kind of speak to confidence. I, I, I can kind of stay at a high level. So, again, one thing is always trying to improve it, right? We're trying to balance, uh, you know, a few things here. Like you said, you don't want to flood the market. You don't want to... You don't want to, uh, you know, affect it negatively in, in too many ways, these sorts of things, but you want to keep it interesting and exciting, right? Especially on something like NBA, we want to be able to be flexible with things like uniques. When a player, you know, player comes out of nowhere, gets hyped up, you know, uh, okay, that that's a good time. People are going to be excited. Like, let's, let's put out that person, you know, his unique, right? Things like that. That is somebody's role, and that's something that we are operationalizing even more here at Sober so that we're putting not just more data behind it, but also more content and flexibility so that we're reacting to the news, we're reacting to what's going out, you know, in the real world. Um, and so it's just, it's it's an art and a science, and it's something that we're, we're constantly trying to get better at um, that doesn't have a specific reasoning as to, at least there's always, there's different reasons, I would say, for these things. But again, it's just like, getting that feedback and and iterating on it is 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 you know the mode that we're in because i think a problem maybe i saw with just 
unique auctions in general and this is a very niche problem in terms of the percentage of people on the platform a lot of people probably don't care i find i find the unique division very hard to break into because you need to buy players that are playing and that are doing well if they're playing and doing well someone's probably going to charge you an arm and a leg the, the the room for speculation on uniques it isn't necessarily not there it's not it's just not there as much because basically what would be lovely is if every unique that hit the market wasn't someone informed that everyone had their eyes on because if i could go in and buy a dodgy wee tier two tier three guy who no one really rates and i kind of go i think he's going to be shit hot next season i've heard rumors of this transfer blah 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 blah, blah and i get him for good value that's really good for people to come in and compete at unique and and sort of um progress but i understand from Sora's perspective as well as if you go popping a little bit early in the season and all of a sudden that kid comes in in january gets a transfer to salzburg and all of a sudden he's an absolute hero you're like we sold this this guy who would have sold for 30 grand for four grand what have we done we're not we're not in the business we're not here right now as i mentioned like we're not optimizing purely for revenue or anything like that right like i mean that's important obviously to the company but we're optimizing for user growth right we want we want more you know more players more people is just better for everybody um and so it's 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 a tricky one i i I totally hear you it's it's good feedback and obviously as usual not you know (laughs) it's something that like right after this podcast i'm gonna go march over there and and talk to (laughs) one of our uh, marketplace ops guys uh, uh satoshi and be like hey what's up what do you think of this (laughs) get your shit Um, together man (laughs) <laughs> what's going on here so anyway. i'm i'm looking there and I'm, I'm thinking of the so rare app and this isn't meant and, and i hope it isn't taken as one as a dig to anyone at so rare and maybe it's just me being relatively old school in terms of i've been on the platform a couple of years i can tell you i haven't opened the app since i probably last had a so rare employee or someone mentioned it in a podcast it's weeks and i don't know if that's because everything i need to do or do I do on desktop but like how have you found the uptake of the app was it kind of what you expected like it's or- good it, it's good right it's not as good as it as it could be and i think that's because the the, the plan here with the the mobile app was a couple of things one is just get on the field right like get it out there and then maybe have a few features that we think are important right and i think for me it's like what can the mobile app do that is that the web can't do exactly. that is important right so like mm-hmm. push notifications let's say maybe the cards look you know the reward claiming reward is better on the mobile whatever that is we're still figuring out what you know obviously we're both building the things you know we just launched nba so we had to release we had to build nba for the mobile app right mm-hmm. and we'll do the same with mlb and so it's just getting the things out there and then iterating there to make it so that it is a companion. Uh, it does complement the web experience, especially when we start talking about things like daily engagement, like you know things that you might want to come back to. You're not always on your computer or whatever. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, when you're at your desktop or something, um, you know, typically, the, I, in my experience, fantasy sports. I don't know. I, I'm on my computer. It's just easier. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to add. No, it, no, I agree with everything you said. And I think it's it goes back a little bit to what I said earlier around just, again, just getting something out, getting it in mm. people's hands and then iterating based on feedback and other ideas. The other thing that I would kind of highlight here is it starts to speak a little bit to how we're organized as an engineering department where David's got some notification popping up. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we're not, it's not as if there's like a mobile team that's just off to the side and then there's like, 
the so five team and the MLB team over here, the way that we try to align ourselves is that every sport vertical is fully autonomous across all of the disciplines. And so going forward, the thing that, you know, David's starting to allude to is very, very important to me is how do you look holistically at the user journey for MLB? How do you look holistically at the user journeys for NBA? And then to David's point, there's a part of that journey that just makes more sense in the browser. There's another part of that journey that just makes more sense on mobile. Things like the live experience. Like the thing that I want to get to is, you know, I'm standing at the bar or whatever, all the live games are on. I see my players are on the field, and then I'm constantly pulling it out of my pocket to kind of see how we're how my team's doing. Yeah. That thing. And so how do you lean into mobile as and, and take advantage of what mobile is good at. You know, some of the things David alluded to, push but, notifications, companionship when you're on the go, et cetera. John, what do you think, what would you like to see yeah. in a mobile app that would make you use it? Do you know, it's it's funny because I've been sitting here in my head thinking I've got the like the sponsor of the show, So Rare Data. I was like, this is like the perfect time because I use the So Rare Data app every time. Yep. And while plugging them, I'll answer your question because I was going to come back at you and say like, I use So Rare Data every day. I really yeah. do. I sign in every day because I can do exactly what you said, where you're sitting at the bar watching the game and you pull your phone out, you click the app, you refresh, and you see your updated scores. You get player notifications about whether they're starting. You can see the decisives. You can see the scores. You can go and scout players if you want to with great data. Um, you can get alerts. You can get all sorts of stuff. So, mm -hmm. so rare data app, sign up with the link in the description. You'll get two weeks of their top tier free. But seriously, lads, it actually is. And again, it's one of those where that already exists with so rare data. But like, as so, to so rare as a company, like, would you, I suppose, like to, and again, history is going to kill me for trying to get you to do this, but it's like, you should probably have that. that like, the so rare app should probably do exactly what the so rare data app does in many respects. Maybe not, yeah, not exactly, but I think like the the tracking your teams has always been a problem from a UI perspective yeah. on so rare native. I I agree. We should def we can definitely do better there. I think so rare data has been a great partner. I think Maxime, uh, the CEO over there, is is great. I think he really understands you know so rare so five. Um, and, you know, I, I look at it currently, you know, it's complimentary, right? Yes. And, 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 yeah. I, and if anything, if anything, I want a, a, perhaps a deeper integration, right? With, with solar, with solar data. And like, because it, it's true. I think, I think they've just built, they've been able to focus on that sort of experience and they've done quite well there. And so obviously we learn from them. We can build things in, you know, and, and kind of have a little bit of a symbiotic relationship um but uh to i totally agree and that's very good feedback right um uh so it, it's a it's 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 a it's an interesting it's a tricky one yeah I, th I think the beauty of what so rare data have done is the fact that it's been built by users over the course of a year two years however long more yes um and it would be very hard for you to play catch up and I, i'm guessing as a non-engineer do all that coding and work everything out and get it all set up and equally uh, I mean they just do it so well and it's kind of where everyone already is as well so it is as you say maybe it should be more symbiotic than we need to do the exact same as them it's like kind of let them yeah <laughs> a large percentage of our customers use solar data because it is good and effective right and so yeah. i think that um i think that's good for the overall ecosystem we want to see more of that if anything right that's why we have an open api that's right. why we maintain our platform to be pretty open i mean anybody could without permission go and build a so rare data. It just so happens that they they did they they built a, a very compelling product. 
Um, I have something to ask you about that. You see, okay, two things. First one is people scraping APIs. Okay, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a coder guy. I don't know really what that means. What I get from that is someone goes into the internet and has a little nosy about and can see things that are behind, I suppose, that front end that we all look at. And in there, they might see certain leagues, clubs, whatever activated. They might find pre-minted NFTs before launch. They might find, and we see these leaks all the time. Is that something that you care about that you want to stop that you don't really care about stopping that it is open is that just the nature of the beast like what are your thoughts if i when i say that to you i think there's you can build i know you're eager to build on this but the i think there's there's kind of two separate parts of that there's the open api that we maintain as a first class thing in our platform and in our system to david's point that allows our data to build on top of us uh and then there's the kind of unintentional leak part of it that maybe you want to elaborate on yeah you know that's that's not intended necessarily yeah exactly i mean you're right the scraping aspect is for example we have uh there have been leaks of leaks or clubs that have launched before we launched them right because people um you know they know how to get get to the urls they figure it out um and yeah that is something we care about we <laughs> and, and i'll just be honest oftentimes it's a, it's an it's an error or it's an oversight right, right? it's it's this is not um, leaks or or un, or like early features that this is not uh, unique to so rare, right? Like uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all these products that you know they they put something out there on accident or people find things and then it's like oh they're building this they're building that and so it's a tricky one and it's something that we ultimately we want it to be fair, right? Like we want to be able to announce something where everybody knows at once um, at the same time. Uh, and, um, and, and there's other reasons also to be fair and not to leak things. So it's going to happen. It's something we try to avoid. We're going to keep trying to avoid. It's going to happen. We just need to, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that, I mean, again, to answer your question, yes, we yeah. care about. It's part of the game. I suppose you can mitigate against it, but you can't eradicate it, eradicate it completely. The, the second thing, which is again, on that kind of, I don't know, things that get bad rep in the the techie bit of the whole thing uh bots i don't even know what a bot is but people always say bots are ruining the game bots are doing this bots are bidding on that and sniping this and doing this bots yeah. talk to me what's the story there right so of course people you know the, the human can only click and auto or you know bid on things so fast right see so many things at once and so the bots or at least essentially what a bot is it's it's a they're using our platform or using a um uh, you know, maybe something uh, through a kind of scraping where you can, you know, get a leg up. This is a very common thing. This is something we, uh, you know, we want to make sure it's fair. Um, again, people should keep giving feedback on that. Sometimes the bots are good, though, right? Like, I mean, they can be market makers. They can mm. uh, you know, make the make the market liquid, uh, so on. You know, things like that. Again, what we don't want is we want we need an even playing field we want people to be able to get that card that they you know that they want uh and, and be able to outbid people and um and so on and so you know it's it's a trick it's again another tricky one you're touching on again it comes back to like all the things that we can be working on or addressing and it's just a matter of you know the prioritization what's important what's not mm. um and and you know this is where feedback comes into play I'm having, sorry, did you have something to say there? Oh, no, no, no. 
Oh, look, sorry, I thought I heard something. Um, I'm reading through a few of the questions here to see if there's anything else from the community. Um, I have one more before I start reading a couple of these. And it's just, I suppose, a bit, maybe it's a bit hypey. I'm going to put you in the spot. I'm going to, can I put you on the spot? I don't know, Please. probably. Oh. I can step, as long as I can step right out of the spot <laughs> if I need to. If you need to just lean to your left or right, guys, do it. But <laughs> when Prem, we've seen articles come out about the Premier League and then the thing that kind of made me go alright this just isn't another article was when Nicholas drops an emoji under it with wee eyes when Prem yeah uh, indeed <laughs> that's, 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 uh, that's all I can say look I mean that would be that would be pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty yeah. huge. We had some um, example of stepping out of the spotlight. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not your job. <laughs> this, this is the one where, yeah, this is a, like you said. Nico can classify or declassify anything, and uh, and that's you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I did. I did. I did just want to put you on the spot for the laugh. The real thing I wanted to ask about was the the launch of NBA. Um, yeah. Did it surpass expectations because i know and maybe they're just completely different beasts and how they happen but mlb didn't go how nba did maybe it's a different sport maybe it was a different time of the season maybe i don't know but nba definitely surpassed my expectations i thought it would be better than mlb but it's like blown it out of the water not not to compare the two necessarily but that's what i've just done yeah, uh, it's been awesome. I mean look we can we, this it just demonstrates that the the product works there is demand for it. I think that just NBA is, and he can speak to it more than I can, but NBA is just, it's a more global game, right? It's one of those properties that just people, they get it, makes sense. Uh, we see a lot of people coming, you know, so five players uh, also playing NBA. Um, and it's just been, it's been, it's been amazing. I think that, you know, I, I with these three sports, I like to think that, you know, uh, you're going to see players playing all three or two games or whatever. And so, uh, you know, perhaps people who play NBA will also then play MLB and, and, and so on and so forth. I think, um, you know, rising tide will lift all boats uh, in this particular case. Um, but so far, NBA has been great. We're doubling down on it. Um, and, and, and th yeah, that, that's what I can say. I mean, you're right. It has, it, it kind of blew it out of the water. Um, mm. and, uh, and, it, 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 another thing I'll just add to it, I know you didn't ask the question, but one thing you'll see um, is that there, we will be trying and doing different things on different sports, right? We want some level of consistency, the same marketplace, the same kind of concepts generally, but you're going to see new features or new experiences or tests or reward, uh, you know, things we're doing rewards in SoFi that you'll not see in NBA, but you know, if it does work, we'll pull it to another one. So I think, you know, a lot of really interesting um, new gameplay and experimentation across across all the sports, really. Mm. So that's that that's going to be really, really fun. Something on that to talk about inter-sport stuff, because at the minute, I don't believe me, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't trade like a basketball card for a football card. You cannot. There should, there's no really no re good reason why you can't do that right now. It's just it's just something we haven't done. Do we want to be able to get there? Of course. It yeah. makes no sense. Do you is is intersport competition something you think would be interesting? Because that's something that excites me. Yeah, this is something um, that came up. I think a little bit on the the somewhere in the states podcast. Um, you know, I think 
I mean, it's interesting. We want to be able to do things that are uniquely so rare, right? We have these great properties. Well, okay, cool. Now, what can we do that's really interesting if you start to combine these ideas? Um, so, I, and I'm being intentionally vague because, you know, this is still, or these are still early ideas, um, but uh, but we have a lot of ideas around this space. Yeah, I, I think it's very exciting. I suppose the biggest hindrance at times will be the, the staggering of seasons to get them exactly. to line up and uh, game yeah. weeks and such, but um, very excited for that. A uh, few questions from people uh, in the in the comments under this. There was a good one there. Yes, this, and again, I don't know if this is something that's even remotely um, possible, and Raymond himself says, if this isn't engineering, then don't answer. Will there ever be a function on SoRare to withdraw directly to your bank account? So I think a big barrier that a lot of us see all the time and something that Nicholas mm. always used to say was that like blockchain is a means to an end in terms of di di digital scarcity and verification of assets and blah, 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 blah. I'll not bore people with that. But a barrier I find all the time as a content creator who makes tutorials is how do I get money in? How do I get money out? Mm -hmm. Is there a way in the future that can be way more intuitive? Yeah, it has to be. I think th there's a couple of things that, that are important there, right? As you might imagine, there's regulatory issues. There's uh you know or legal you know issues and things like that we we want to make sure that it works and it works well um so and I, I would say the main thing we want to do is reduce friction right people should be able to get their money in get their money out should be easy one way or the other um and and that's just we're just going to keep improving and doing better there um so yeah, you know, there's no, I don't think any philosophical reason why that wouldn't or shouldn't be the case. But, that, um, but that's a huge, I mean, the, a huge point of emphasis right now across the teams is that we've been talking a lot about gameplay, rewards, so on and so forth. But this pervasive notion of how do we reduce frictions across the product, whether it's regardless of sport, but just the platform in general, how do we make the product more approachable for people? How do we make it more approachable mm -hmm. for fans generally, maybe aren't? super crypto enthusiasts who are almost put off or, okay, what's going on with crypto? I don't understand it. How do we reduce those frictions, make it more intuitive, make it more approachable? That That's a big theme that I think we'll be addressing in the coming months. Cool. Because, yeah, that, that's one of those things where I feel like I just get so many questions about how do I do this, how do I do that? And right. I think it's obviously like there's one thing bringing people onto the platform, but if they don't know how to get money onto the platform, they might even want to. And I think it's more relevant maybe for I think of myself if I was getting involved with something and I, let's say I had a stock I wanted to invest in and I look at it and I'm like oh god I have to go and set this up and I have to verify my details and I have to do this and I have to do that and do that I'm not going to do it if I'm sticking 20 quid in but if it's something that I'm putting 5 grand 10 grand it's substantial amounts of money you do the hours bollocks signing up and sending documents and screenshotting but for people who set up to so rare who want to play on a budget for 10 quid 20 quid it's it's just it's a it's a much more significant boundary when it's like, oh, I'll sign up to this. Yeah, oh, oh, God. Oh, crap. Oh, nah. Fuck that. Yes. I was only going to put 20 quid in anyway. But if they can just go boop, boop, beep, boop, done, it's yep. in. Do you know? Yeah. So. 100%. Got to reduce friction. That's that's very, very important. One of the most painful experiences for me since I joined the company was, you know, sometimes it's, it's very smooth and easy, but there have been times where I've watched friends try to onboard and go through it. And I kind of sit in the corner and I don't say anything. And I'm like, mm. oh no, you're just supposed to click there, click there. And so it's, it's that's right. like yeah, a, yeah. a little pain for me when I see my friends struggle with product. Yeah. And so I, I think it's top of mind for everybody is how do we yeah. reduce for, how do we make it easy for, for new folks to get on the, on the product? That's it. 
that's it, absolutely. Um, I'm just like, picturing you there, kind of being like, but it's so intuitive. <laughs> you know, it's like, so intuitive. Yeah. <laughs> right there, it does it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, yes. It gets back to your earlier point. I mean, when yeah. we're sitting there staring at the thing every day, okay, it all seems very obvious yeah. to us. So that's why we're, we really have to lean on the community feedback there in particular, tell us what the frictions are. And I mean, all we can say is it's, it's one of the biggest things to solve in addition to rolling out exciting new features in NBA. Because I to be clear, I remember whenever you you changed the game week, the play page. Initially, I don't know that might have been a year ago now, six months yeah. ago now. I remember being like, "What have they done? This is the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen." Because yeah. I was like, I was so used to the old one that I looked at it and I was like, "This makes so much sense." But then this one obviously makes more sense to someone who's never seen either of them before. But I was like, "What have they done? This is a headache." <laughs> this but, is um, the trade-off, always right. Change is hard. Uh, but I would also, uh, I, I would um, acknowledge that that should have gone better, right? Mm -hmm. That should have been talking, been more closely testing with the community and so on. And that's something we certainly learned from. Uh, and so, uh, I, I mean, I was there and, and I remember. <laughs> I remember it well. Um, okay, guys, is there anything else in your minds? I've, I've looked at a lot of the questions and th thankfully we've actually answered a lot of them um, just by talking i don't know if you had seen any before you want the dancer if there's anything glaringly obvious i haven't asked you um well nothing comes to mind i mean i can always what i will do is uh I, you know some of the people i think ask questions on twitter i can go and respond to some of those and and cool. uh you know and, and help out there amazing um well guys it's been a pleasure i'll give you i'll ask you one question before you go and i don't know how much either of you care about soccer football um who do you think is going to win the world cup you first. I, I have no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not zero speculation. Pick not, a country. Probably yeah. not the U.S. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I don't know. I so I'm also not the the biggest football buff, but a team that interests me. I actually uh, spent time going to. I actually grew up for part of my life in England, and I think that they're kind of an interesting team. Like they made some noise mm. in the Euro most recently. It's the classic kind of thing where they're always hyped up very good on paper etc and then the bright lights turn on and all the media pressure hits them and they kind yeah. of you know don't live up to it um you know maybe i'm way off base Why but... they, like, lena like, i i mean lena. i i have allegiance to them just because of Who the time that? i spent england oh england yeah the time okay. i spent there yeah. yes well, okay, well, I'll phrase it then, I suppose, for, for you, David. Like, who would you like to see win it? Because I suppose, Michael, you said England. I suppose if you could pick in the dreamland, you might pick the US. But, David, is there a team you like? If, Americans always have, like, a Honestly, an auntie or a granny or someone that's bloody Czech or Italian or something or Portuguese. or. I, I think, I mean, it'd be fun to be around the office, uh, France, yeah, uh, of course, one, yeah. you know. I think uh, with Nico and Adrian, our CTO, and all the other football fans, I mean... It'd be a lot of fun. I, I remember, you know, I've, I mean, they, they, yes, it'd be a lot of fun. Allez le bleu. Allez le yeah. bleu. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, yeah. lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming and talking because I suppose like, come, come, you guys coming and talking to the community like this. As I said, I literally put you on the spot a couple of times. Um, as I said to you before we recorded, it's different when you ask Big Nico it because he's kind of, the guy like no one's gonna come and tell him off necessarily uh -huh. but i'm asking you hard ones so fair play hopefully he'll come back someday yeah for sure this was a lot of fun i'm sure there's uh, gonna be more to talk about in the future yeah absolutely so, thank you thanks guys